Today is Trinity Sunday, the only major feast day based on a theological principle. Also, the word Trinity is never mentioned in scripture. Thomas Becket was consecrated Archbishop of Canterbury on the Sunday after Pentecost, also known as the, in the prayer book as Whit Sunday in 1162. His first act as Archbishop was to ordain that the day of his consecration be held as a new festival in honor of the Holy Trinity. Naturally, we focus on the Trinity today, one of the most important yet most complicated parts of our theology. It's a hard concept to try to understand. It's even harder to try to articulate without falling off into something heretical. And it's especially hard when emotions are so high that words won't come. So here we go. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void. In Hebrew, literally, chaos. And darkness swept over the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. The Trinity is all right there in those opening verses from Genesis. God the Creator speaking the universe into existence, the Word emanating from God. Think of John's creation story. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the Spirit, the animating wind, that ruach from the Hebrew, or pneuma from the Greek, from God, the same breath that God breathed into Adam and that Jesus breathed on the disciples when they received the Holy Spirit. Creation was born out of chaos through the relationship existing among the Trinity. Part of being a creator implies a sense of ownership of the creation. We are, after all, made in God's image. We belong to God, and ideally, we should reflect that image. God graciously endowed us with free will, a trait we have perhaps overdeveloped and certainly coveted, but it means we are free to make choices, to love, to create, to reason, and to live in harmony with God and his creation. However, we human beings frequently forget that the object, for God at least, is to live in harmony and peace together as the Trinity exists, not in chaos. Often, we fall into sin by seeking our own will instead of the will of God. And when this happens, evil comes back into the picture as it has countless times since Cain first raised his hand against Abel. We find ourselves now in a serious time of chaos and evil, a still raging pandemic virus killing indiscriminately, demonstrations and protests for change 
still raging across our country. Political actions still raging, dividing instead of uniting. We need to remember that unlike most political and social orders, the politics of God are founded on love, justice, forgiveness, and peace. What is God's purpose for us? To live in love, faith, service, and patient endurance, to borrow from Revelation. To enter into the constantly giving, receiving, reciprocal, and loving relationship of the Trinity. The same God who is God over us as God the Father and Creator, and God with us and for us as the incarnate Word and Son, is also God in and among us as God the Holy Spirit. Last week, Greg exhorted us to use our privilege to speak up for justice, to stand with those being marginalized, to work for peace. That's what God wants us to do. That's what Jesus showed us to do. That's what the Holy Spirit strengthens us to do. As Christians, we carry with us the most powerful tools in the universe, as Paul reminds us, the love of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The relationship within and among the Trinity draws us in and gives us the power, the wisdom, the courage to do these things. Paul Carey, in writing a reflection on this lectionary, wrote, the doctrine of the Trinity affirms the whole of the gospel, that the God who created the world blessed and healed in Jesus and now empowers the church through the work of the Holy Spirit is one God. It acknowledges the relationality that is at the core of the divine mystery. We worship a great and transcendent God who from the beginning and throughout history draws near to humankind with love and blessing. There's a Latin phrase many seminarians know, lex orande, lex credende, which means as we pray, so we believe. We as Christians pray in almost every instance to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And since 325 of the Common Era, the creed of Christians has affirmed the belief in God the Father Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the Holy Ghost. That belief in the Trinitarian nature of God remained and is still affirmed today. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, of one being with the Father. We believe in the Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father and the Son. In these days of chaos, I hope we can remember that those words aren't just something we say to close our prayers or to affirm our faith by rote recitation. We are not disconnected from the omnipotent God as creator or from the redeeming work of God in human flesh or from the very presence of that same God in the Holy Spirit who dwells within us and among us 
and sometimes outside of us. Evil, violence, prejudice, ignorance abound and seem to be thriving, but there is hope. We cannot be part of the vengeful, retaliatory attitude that exists today. We don't have to be meek or weak, but we don't have to perpetuate the hate. Dr. King is credited with saying, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. I think that's true, but sometimes, like right now, that arc needs folks to reach up and take hold of it and help it bend toward justice. And by God, that is what we must do. Show up, stand up, speak up, don't give up, and don't stop praying. Because we believe from the beginning of creation to the end of the age in God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.